0: Blob Talk Radio
1: Ray and Tay Today
0: Yes, sports radio's on, talking to all friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college to do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Uh, of course. Uh, hello, hello, and welcome to the
1: show. It's
2: Christmas. Eve, And to all those celebrating, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. But we'll get another chance to wish you a Happy New Year. So you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside.
0: You sound like Santa Claus a little bit, man. I hear a little ho-ho-ho, oh, oh, a little jolly oh. little belly. <laughs> oh. This is Tay Eric. Tay Eric Taylor. And it is Christmas Eve, so it's a perfect time to sort of sit back, relax, and enjoy some sports, and we'll be bringing you some sports talk to enjoy it. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails are at gmail.com. We're getting some playoff predictions in our emails from fans and, and questions, so we've got to send that out and some probo snubs. So we've got to talk about some of those emails. And uh, rayandtatetoday.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and iTunes.com backslash Today. Check out the catalog. Very impressive guest list, great interviews, tons of fun. Ray, we're gonna start with the NFL, we'll get to Christmas Day, a couple of bowl games. But I gotta tell you, tonight, Thursday night football, the NFL gives you a little treat. We got Saturday as well for the NFC East. But the Raiders, Chargers, some would say it's a meaningless game for in terms of playoff implications. But the great 18-year defensive back, corner, safety extraordinaire, Charles Woodson, our go blue Michigan Wolverine, is getting ready to retire this season. It might be the last football game played in Oakland if the Raiders do move. And I just want you to give us a little taste before we pick the game. Who is Charles Woodson? And what has he done in this NFL and the Raiders nation fans? You know, appreciate the brother.
2: Yeah, well, we tried to, off-air, tried to put him in perspective. And this guy, because he excelled at safety and corner in the NFL, you got to think, he's just an elite defensive player, right? He came out of Michigan. He won the Heisman. He was a two-way player at Michigan. He got drafted by... The Raiders. The Raiders. And he Raiders. played, exactly, he played excellent ball from 98 to 2005 with the Raiders. And then he went to the Packers and spent six years with the Packers until 2012 and then came back. Now, he won himself a Super Bowl with the Packers. He went to nine Pro Bowls. He was a three time first team All Pro. He was the NFC's Defensive Player of the Year in 2009. remember it was between him and Darrell Regis back in the days. He was on the all-2000s team, and this guy got it done for the first half of his career at corner and for the second half of his career at safety and really goes down as an elite player at both positions. He's probably not the best safety and not the best corner, but if you think about it, he's definitely top ten in each position, and that's that's pretty impressive. So this guy will go down as one of the top secondary players and defensive players in NFL history. And if what you say is right, that would be awesome, that if they let him play offense, defense, and special teams tonight, that would be fun to watch. Cause he did well, it that's Michigan. what
0: they're saying. Yes, and remember Gruden had a little package for him when he was initially with the Raiders to play a little offense. And remember, this is one of the only players to have I mean, first of all, he, pick, he never had picked off Manning, he got him twice this year. But this guy's had 20 sacks, over 50 interceptions, over 13 touchdowns, defensive touchdowns. That's I mean, without a doubt, he's an instant Hall of Famer. Sort of like some recent guys that have retired, you know, in terms of defensively like a ed reed and troy palomalo also great safeties but like you said corner and safety he's sort of like a rod woodson type playing both and like you said with the pro bows to make it but i think he made it as corner and both free and strong safety it's just impressive and you know looking forward to tonight i'll say this we know where the raiders are headed We don't know if both these teams are going to L.A. or just the Chargers. Or, you know, look, it's going to happen. Houston, they'll vote January 4th or 10th or whatever it is. We'll figure it out. But if we bid adieu tonight, and it's the last game on NFL Network, you know, for the Raiders Nation, great that they're going out against their rivals, the Chargers, could be their new, uh, you know, uh, co-tenants. And I would say this, you know, it's been – Although if they win their, you know, next two, the Raiders, it will be an eight and eight season, which they haven't had since like I think uh, what two thousand eleven or something like that, and they've been you know bad since they made it to their last Super Bowl. So this would be a huge upswing, and I really believe, Ray, that the Raiders not only will they win this game tonight, but I do believe with the defense, the 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 young stars that we've always talked about, and Murray, Cooper, and Carr, Khalil Mack, and 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 these guys that they are headed in the right direction. And I'm not too sure about the Chargers. And, you know, I like Phillip, but 12 interceptions this year. He's had a ton of injuries. You know, Carr, be honest, I mean, 30 touchdowns, we didn't really expect that from him and 11 interceptions, almost 4,000 yards maybe in the next two weeks. He'll get it with 3,500 now. So I'll say the Raiders win this one tonight. They do it for Charles. They do it for Oakland. They do it for Raiders Nation. And a little bit of rain, you know, you don't know about the track and the surface and the field. So I'll say a weird game. I'll say 26-21. The Raiders take care of Phillip Rivers. And, oh, by the way, 4,200 yards in uh, an off season, maybe for Philip. Goodness gracious. He's he's just so amazing, right? But I say they win. 26-21. My fantasy stud. I think Cooper shows up again. I think he gets seven grabs, a touchdown, and maybe ninety six yards. A For you fantasy championship rate. players. Fantasy That's championships. Right. Any, can Ray can anybody, Ray do it?
2: Oh hope so. Anybody playing tonight? I don't have anybody tonight in the San Diego guy. Okay. Keenan Allen went down, Melvin Gordon went down. Uh, so so many to answers. me Yeah, yeah, I'm not playing anybody tonight. Um in this league in the league I had Cooper yeah. and Crabtree and all that. But I would say I agree with you. I think Oakland is actually playing for something. San Diego has been checked out for about four or five weeks. They put an impressive game together <laughs> Maybe last week. You're
0: being nice. Eight weeks, right? Be nice.
2: Maybe Be real. Eight weeks. Ever since, I tell you what, ever since Keenan Allen went down, I mean, it's a different team. Yeah. Uh, so Phil's still getting his numbers. Antonio Gates is back in the groove. Um, Donald Brown might impress people right now because, you know, who's their running back? I mean, Danny Woodhead is their playmaker, but on first and second down, i got to give it to somebody. I just don't think that they're as into the game as Oakland is. Oakland's going to be fired up, and I agree that they're going to win. I think David Carr is going to be the MVP here. Uh, Derek Carr, sorry, I keep calling him David. Carr is going to be your fantasy stud And he's gonna throw for I'll say three hundred and thirty yards and maybe three touchdowns, so spread it around. I think Crabtree will get one, Cooper will get one, maybe uh Latavius Murray out of the backfield. So to me, Oakland all the way, I think they win pretty easily. I think they'll win uh thirty to twenty one.
0: Okay. Well you know what, I gotta inject this man. We just got an email from Michelle from Nevada, but she's a Chargers fan. And she wants Uh-oh. to say, she wants to know if Ray... dude, wait,
2: wait, are the charges coming to Nevada, maybe? Are they moving to Las <laughs> listen,
0: Vegas? So, listen, if they change the gambling rules or whatever, and, and I think they said something else about daily fantasy sports again today, that it's getting kicked away again. I don't know. But anyway, I'll say this. Um, so Michelle from Nevada writes, Ray and Tay, is Antonio Gates going to hang it up this year? And if so, is he a Hall of Fame tight end? Or does he need to play another year or so? Oh, great question! So,
2: that's a very great question. We love the callers, especially new callers, the
0: emailers, new, yeah,
2: yeah, the emailers to the show. So let me take my first crack at it. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball if Antonio Gates is coming back or not. I would imagine I wants he's to still gone. play. Yeah, exactly. I would imagine mm-hmm. he's still got a year or so in him, maybe two, especially if Keenan Allen comes back. Uh, Green is a good little backup. If they he, is can't agent,
0: him, though, he is a free agent, though, Ray. He is a free agent, so they have to sign I, him I for a like year they or they could two, sign him yeah. for
2: one year. Maybe he doesn't want to move, but but then again, San Diego yeah. to L.A. is not that big a deal, right? The second question is a resounding yes. He doesn't have oh, to play yeah. one more snap and no, he's no, a Hall of no, no, Famer.
0: No, no. Yes. Without a doubt, and I totally agree, and I think it's a great question from Michelle, and Charger fans are all over, so that's awesome, but yes, he is a Hall of Famer, and I think he will play another year or two. I think he's still very productive. Some people say he doesn't get down the field like he used to, but he still you know gets the, the tight-end screens, the, the down and outs, and he hits the seam a little bit. He's still a touchdown maker as well, so yeah, I would definitely say that. So Ray, we got to move on to Saturday. Saturday, Saturday! Shout out to De La Soul. Oh man, listen! <laughs> and they shot that at Central Park by the Meadow. You gotta love it, baby. Oh, uh, great video from De La Soul. You gotta check that one out, you youngsters. YouTube it. Saturdays, De La Soul. But this is this is big. This is the NFC East in a nutshell. Redskins at Philadelphia. Cousins against Bradford. It's these you know weird organizations in sort of weird situations but they find themselves in perfect situations either one of them to if they win this game control their own destiny and win the nfc east i think bradford you know since he came back and he's a little bit healthier and uh, you know he's played a little bit better but 16 and 13 on the touchdown interception ratio Not so impressive. I don't, you know, Murray's disappeared. Matthews isn't doing anything. Jordan Matthews has had five or six good games, and then the rest of the games he's kind of disappeared for the fantasy and for real life. So I got to be honest, I picked the Eagles to play the Steelers in the Super Bowl, but I'm going to go against myself because what I've seen from the Redskins is a team that's turning the corner. And I think Kirk Cousins is turning the corner. And I commend Jay Gruden for the job he's done with him. And Kirk,
1: you like that,
0: the way he's improved his game, 22-11 and on the touchdown interceptions. You know, I got to say, I think the Redskins win on the road. People say they haven't been playing so good on the road. But their last, I think, road game, I think they won. And I say they go ahead and take this division – and make the Cowboy game in Week 17 just not even a factor. And the Redskins win, I'll say 27-23, kind of a close game. And Kirk Cousins is, is the reason. But it's Jordan Reed who is the fantasy stud, Ray. I think another great game. Not as many yards. Eight catches, maybe 76 yards, but two grabs, and the Redskins pull it out and win the NFC East. How about the Washington racial slurs?
1: <laughs> no,
2: I got to tell you, I like what you said about Jordan Reed because I need him in the fantasy finals. Oh, uh, Well, he's
0: done you justice this year. He's part of the reasons why you're in the finals. I mean, let's be real. Oh,
2: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People slept on him. And then when he was hurt for three or four years, a lot of people dropped him. I actually picked him up in one league because I was like, this kid can play. Just because he's hurt, he'll be back. So. Oh, yeah. For some reason, though, and you mentioned it, Washington can't play on the road. I don't know why, but they can't play on the road. And I believe that Philly is playing for Chip Kelly's job. Now, they have a mm. mess at at uh, quarterback. They don't have a mess. They just, Sam Bradford's underachieving. I think that, uh, you know, I was high on him coming out of Oklahoma. I thought he was very accurate, and he'd be a great pro. Uh, he's going to go down as just having a mediocre career. But Very the mediocre. running back situation is where, you know, it's a fast. Murray and Matthews and <laughs> Sproles. The funny thing though is that in a different setting, I think all three of them could be really good and contribute. I mean, DeMarco Murray led the league in rushing last year. Ryan Matthews, except for the fumbling and the fact that he's a little soft, he, he talent wise, he's right up. Oh, it's there. All I mean there. he's like Matt yeah. Forte. He's that he's that, you know, versatile back that can do things out of the backfield you know as a runner as a receiver and then Darren Sproles is de-spreezy I mean he he can just do some things between special teams and you know maybe you can't give him the ball 25 times but certainly he's a playmaker so you would think that anybody that has the three of them that's an embarrassment of riches and they just for some reason, Matthews has been inconsistent. Aguilar, we all thought, coming into the season would be good. You know, the, the tight ends and Selleck and, and, and uh, you know, Dave and Zach Ertz, something's not working. And, and, again, you know, Brian Kelly's an offensive guy, so you got to think that system has to work at least on offense, right? He's a career offensive guy. And for some reason yeah, it hasn't. Sure. But I just yeah. think Washington just is ripe to get upset and then make this week 17 the big week. So I have a feeling Philly's going to find that something on offense with their running backs. They're going to do enough on defense. Remember, they beat they beat New England two weeks ago. Uh, some of it was by special teams and by defense and pick sixes and whatever, but it's still, you beat New England, you beat New England. So I think they're ready. I think they're ready to, to, to bring this to week 17. I still think that the Redskins win – the division, but I think today, or on Saturday, the Eagles win. They win, I'll say, a pretty close game. I'll say 26-23, and player of the game is Ryan Matthews. He gets you 150 wow, combined you yards. going for it. Let's go for it. Let's
0: you, go. You're, you're going for it, and, and you know what? Then that might also make the Philly Giant game. If Philly wins that, then Philly would win the division. So that would be – because I think they win a tiebreaker over the Redskins.
2: Yeah, because and then,
0: both yeah. Philly
2: and Washington control their destiny. So
0: if yeah, Philly wins so these is, two games, they huge. win it. But how about this? <laughs> the Giants could upset Minnesota to play for Odell, beat Philly, and then Washington loses to Philly and then, you know, lose like, – they could all be three be tied up at 7-9, and at seven and seven I believe, or three, all three-way tied, too. That would be comedy. And I, I don't know who wins that tiebreaker. It might be the Giants. That would be crazy. I think it's the
2: Giants, because that would be the only way the Giants do make the playoffs in a three-way tiebreaker.
0: Oh, wow. Well, <clears throat> let's stick with the rivals. Week 16 and 17, you have a lot of – you know, i got a couple of non-division games this week, but next week everybody's division, and this week you still have some division. And one of them is – the New England number one seed Patriots at the seventh seed New York Jets. This is it. This is their playoffs. This is their Super Bowl. The Jets have got to keep it going to hope that the Patriots, I mean, that the Steelers or the Chiefs slip up and the Jets can get in the playoffs. And I'll say this, you know, Amendola's a little banged up, Edelman's back back at practice, Gronk is back. I don't feel he's 100% yet. And we'll see what Steven Jackson can do signing with the Patriots. Maybe he gets 8 to 10 carries, you know, kind of just straight-ahead runner, see if he can help. But Fitzpatrick, Decker, and Marshall have been on fire. And, you know, the Jets need this so much more than the Patriots, and they're at home, and this could be their season. And for some reason, I feel like, the Patriots might just kind of not take off the gas because it's a rival, but for some reason, I just think the Jets have a momentum, and Chris Ivory's been playing out of his mind, and I think they find a way to sort of shock and upset the Patriots at home. I think their defense has been really underrated this season. It's played really well, and I don't think, even though, you know, props to our boy Butler getting his first Pro Bowl, I think that B. Marsh and Decker... And Chris Ivory may be getting snubbed. I think the Jets pull off the upset 24-23 in a very interesting game. And J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 keep their playoff hopes alive. And the player of the game is B Marsh. Eight receptions, a touchdown, 92 yards.
2: Wow, J-E-T-S, <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. So I will say it, baby. the Jets absolutely need this game more than New England. New England needs to get healthy first, and they'll be the one of the two seed, uh, most likely the number one seed. Nothing more. Todd Balls isn't part of this rivalry yet, right, because he came from – Kansas City, and he didn't really have a lot of sweat and stake in the game, but he'll soon get a feel for what Jets-Patriots robbery is.
0: Yeah, from Arizona. He's coming from Arizona. For, uh,
2: sorry, Arizona. That's what I, meant. Uh, I will say that the Jets are rolling. I mean, the Jets have had some, some bad losses, but when they've needed to, they've really found a way to deliver, and I'm very impressed with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I did say though once Geno Smith went down, I said he's not getting his job back because you know he's Geno and yeah. Fitzy, As long as he doesn't turn it over, I think's a better you know is a better player. And by the way, Geno Smith turns it over all the time, so there's no you know. Yeah. So to me, Fitzpatrick's the great better season, version of Geno
0: Smith. Great
2: season, great season, and you know what? Decker and Marshall need to get credit for being maybe the best tandem in football. I mean, they're not the most dynamic. But they get the ball into the end zone. I mean, these two have scored, yes, what, do. 21, 22 touchdowns between the two of them. And we're in week
1: three two, so two more
2: weeks. You know, you, you, you might get 25, 26 touchdowns out of the two of them. So they've And, and it's funny because one of our callers, Hank, was, was in our fantasy league was saying, you know, should I play Kamar Aiken or... Eric Decker, and I said, look, if nothing else, Eric Decker has been consistent. Not only has he been consistent, but he's been consistently scoring. I said, I can't leave, I can't leave Eric Decker on the bench. Kamar Aiken might blow the top off and get 150 yards, but he might give you 50 or 30. So, to me, the Jets are consistently moving the ball on offense, and between Chris Ivory and even Bilal Powell coming off the bench, giving them a little bit of a Bilal start. Bilal. Bilal. Yeah. So I like the Jets. I like what they're doing. I like how they're moving the ball. Their D travels. Their D is great at home. Anywhere you need their D to be on a neutral field, they're ready. So it's about the offense consistency and no turnovers now. Bill Belichick has a couple things up his sleeve, I'm sure. But they're not quite healthy the Patriots and I think the Jets know them well enough and they have their number that the Jets I agree. You know how I don't like to agree too much, but the Jets win this game at home. I think they're like, look, we're trying to hope that Pittsburgh or St. Louis or um, Kansas City lose Kansas the game, City, so yes. the Jets take care of business. I think it's a close game, but they win twenty-four twenty-three. Player of the game, Christopher Ivory. He'll run for eighty. Oh
0: wow! You're going on the touchdown. same score as me. Okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, I didn't even say. Uh, I didn't even uh, write down your score, but yeah, 24-23, <laughs> Jets win.
0: Well, listen, I, you know, it, it's just one of those games, and we both remember they were just that onside kick away from uh, potentially winning last time. So should be a great game. And then another rivalry game, but it's, you know, it's playoff implications because the Steelers need to win. But at Baltimore, the way the Ravens are banged up and hurt, I think the Ravens will scrap and, and they'll fight and they'll show some pride, but this offense is at a place right now with Big Ben, you know Bryant Brown, uh, Brown Sugar, D'Angelo Williams, and Wheaton. They're unstoppable, and I think they're just sharpening you know their tools to get ready for a trip to Cincinnati and then maybe New England to you know go from the six seed to the Super Bowl. And I think they kinda pull away and put it on Baltimore. So I'll say I'll be kind and give Baltimore some points because they can you know, sometimes the Pittsburgh secondary could be vulnerable even though I don't trust Jimmy Clausen. But I'll say thirteen. And I say the Steelers put up thirty one points. It's it's gonna Ooh. get ugly at Baltimore. Ooh. It's gonna get ugly. This is the chance where they can beat up on a rival and, you know, get them for that, you know, lucky win earlier. And I say the the player of the game is just Big Ben. He probably puts up about three fifty, four four touchdowns, no turnovers, and just has one of those passing days where if he's your fantasy quarterback, you could be basically a champion, champion at, the of, at the end of Week 16. So that's it. Simple and plain. Big Ben, 31-13 over the Ravens.
1: Yo, Steelers!
0: All right, so
2: can't disagree with you, but I will say one thing. I think the Steelers win. I think my guy is the unstoppable force in the NFL. And you know what? Cam Newton's going to win MVP, but Antonio Brown needs to get some votes, man. I mean, this guy is really Preach. special. He's special, and, and he's not physically imposing, which me, all the more reason, right? It's not Andy Moth that yeah. runs right by you. It's not Calvin Johnson that jumps over you. It's, it's he's votes. running patterns. Patterns, He's just maybe. a Patterns. football player, and he really needs to be. You know, maybe you give it to Cam number one, and and then maybe Brady, especially if they finish with you know with fourteen and two, number two. But maybe Antonio Brown needs to be number three in the MVP voting. Putting that aside, I think Antonio Brown's your your uh, player of the game here. I think he goes for two touchdowns, maybe one hundred and twenty yards, probably gets ten ten receptions. But I will say this. Rivalry games are typically close, and even though Jimmy Clausen's the quarterback, I think it'll be closer <laughs> than what you think. Uh, uh-huh. Baltimore will find a way by grit, and and you know that that Pittsburgh. The reason, part of the reason why Pittsburgh's putting up so many points is they're playing from behind, and they have to put up points. So I think that that, that Baltimore will be able to score a little bit. Uh, I like the Steelers, though. I think they win in this game. I'll say thirty to twenty-four
0: four points. Ouch!
2: And maybe special teams. Maybe they get who's that it, Aiken it, get, and Buck out.
0: Allen? I mean, come on! <laughs> pick, six. Play a
2: pick six, You know the rivalry is right, right. never a blowout.
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. But I think they they they're home for the holidays and they're really at home. Like they're they're barely making it to the stadium. They're stuck on their sofas. They're they're home the home, home home mentally and physically. So we got a great game and there's you know a lot of beef out here and Arians is upset because season ticket holders are selling their tickets to the Packer fans and the Packers are coming out to Arizona. Um, you know, a lot of Midwest folks or snowbirds or live out here, moved out here and Packer nation will be strong. And that's not the cool for, for the Arizona, you know, team, but you know, it is what it is. And you can't tell fans what to do with their tickets. And they probably sent sold them for enough to cover the whole season subscription. So, you know, you can't, you just can't win that battle. But I, I overstand what Bruce and the Cardinals are saying. Look, there's no Tyron Matthew. And I think Arizona wants and needs to win this game. But I think the Packers want to ice their division as well. And I think green Bay, who I have not been high on. And I'm still shocked that Aaron Rodgers crying, even after the Raiders win about his team, I think they're playing better. And I just, I think Arizona's saving it for next week when they have to play Seattle and, and win that one at home. I think Green Bay goes in Arizona, and I've been high on Arizona all year, but I just think this one's a shootout, and I think the Packers actually outshoot them. I say uh, a weird one at the, at the buzzer, Crosby, uh, like a 45-yarder, 33-31. This is like the playoff game where Kurt Warner years ago. They just put up points and points. It goes back and forth, and Green Bay wins. I say Rodgers is definitely the player of the game. Four touchdowns um, and probably three and change on the yard. So I think Green Bay wins. Very weird. 33-31 at Arizona.
2: By the time I get to Arizona, so – it is Ch- a shame that the Arizona fans are not watching. They'll be watching on their TV, but they're not watching in the stadium. <laughs> uh, I do think that Green Bay wants this game. They need this game. They want to ice their division. At the same time, the Cardinals need this game too, right? If they win, they're
1: the oh, they guarantee the two season they win this, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. They guarantee a two the division champ. They they you know give the Heisman to Seattle. But you know what? I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is ready to play. And if that offensive line can stay stable and they've been having some injuries, I think the combination of the disappointing but trending up Eddie Lacy, James Starks, and the fact is that Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think last week was important because Aaron Rodgers realized that this is on him, that he's playing with a mediocre team. And in order for him to do big things, he's going to have to do more. And I think that means, believe it or not, he's going to throw more interceptions because I think he's been too sort of picture-perfect, if you concerned will. Concerned
0: about the stats,
2: yeah. Yeah, maybe he is concerned about the stats, and maybe he likes the fact that he's the number-one-rated quarterback of all time and he has so few interceptions. But you know what? When you have a team where, where your receivers can't get open, you're going to have to force it in there a little bit. And I think Rodgers is going to do that. He'll – I don't believe it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. I actually think both defenses are going to come to play and, and be ready. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring Tight game, and Aaron Rodgers is going to drive them down the field, and they're going to win, I'll say, 23-20 in the desert. The player of the game, i got to agree, Aaron Rodgers, three touchdowns, 300 yards, spreads it around, maybe has an interception or two. I think he forces the issue a little bit, but I just have a feeling this Green Bay defense is ready, and they're going to keep it close. Aaron Rodgers wins it in the fourth quarter.
0: I'm not mad at that. And I tell you, when you look to Sunday night football, I think we'll be fascinated to see a giant team playing inspired for their star, Odell Beckham Jr. He won't be playing. Adrian Peterson's a little banged up. We don't know if he's going to be a go. That ankle, remember, he was limping off the field. Will he miss practice today? So I think this one could be surprising, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, as much as I've been supporting the Vikings, and they will be a playoff team, and I think they're better, right? They almost almost beat Arizona without Joseph, Barr, and, and Harrison. They're three best defensive players, you know, in the front, the middle, and the back end. And their defense is good. And Teddy B's been playing great as of late. But I think sometimes things just get weird, and this is one of those games where Eli Manning just winds up going out of his mind. And when the, you d- least expect the Giants to win, sometimes that's when they win. And Rashard Jennings is going to step up, Reuben Randall, Hakeem Nix is back, and Dwayne Harris will be hard to guard. And the Giants shocked the Vikings and win 27-23 on the road to keep their playoff hopes alive, baby, for Odell and the boys, and they're going to try to beat Philly week 8-17. Giants win. Eli, the book of Eli, is the player of the game. 315 yards, no picks, three touchdowns. Go ahead, Eli. Giants win, baby
2: it would be very interesting if the Giants won and the Eagles won, and everybody in that division would be 7-8 and eight trying to play in Week 17 to win the division. However, mm-hmm. without Odell Beckham, the Giants are not nearly as effective, nearly as explosive, and nearly as imposing as they are with this guy. Ruben Randall had every chance to step up and be the man. Rashad Jennings is inconsistent at best at running back, non-explosive. Vereen, they don't get him the ball enough. Your tight end situation is, is average to below average. Eli is great under pressure but he doesn't have the weapons. He just doesn't have the weapons without Odell Beckham. And then when you don't have to double-team anybody, right? There's nobody on the Giants team that you have to double-team. So you can play to shake up Eli. You can bring pressure up the middle. You can go with your, with your stunts on the edge. Giants, I just don't think they have enough firepower. Now, Minnesota without Adrian Peterson is not going to have crazy firepower either, but I think at home... They're going to find a way. They're going to get your boy Stefan Diggs involved. Maybe Patterson, Yo, will get, Patterson will get something doing on special teams. And like you said, that defense and the consistently good, better than good, play of yeah. Teddy B, a.k.a. Teddy Bridgewater.
0: He was great
2: enough. last week. Yeah, he has shown signs, and i got to give it to him because I was down on him. But he's shown signs, and I think I think the Minnesota Vikings take care of business. I'll say they win a, a close, low-scoring game, 22-19.
0: Let's go, G-Man. So before we get to the NBA and Christmas games, I just got to throw a quick question out there. The games we did not pick, could there be any upsets, whether it's the Rams over Seattle or Cleveland over KC? or the Titans beating the Texans, the, the you know, maybe the Colts beating Miami. I don't know if that's an upset, but th- that game's a toss-up. But do you see any shockers uh, in Week 16?
2: You know what? I'll throw one out there.
0: Uh-oh. Why not? Don't say Atlanta. Atlanta over Panthers?
2: No, no, you know I can't say Atlanta. I <laughs> can't say Atlanta.
0: Atlanta.
1: Even
2: though they have a great home field, and even though – they're, they've they won eight in a row. I'm going to say that the Kansas Johnny City Minto. Chiefs might Woo! be looking past the Browns. It's possible. That would
0: be huge for the
1: Jets.
2: That would be huge for the Jets. You figure they've got to win. They play the Browns and then the Raiders. So, you know, the, the Raiders are obviously a divisional game. But I just have a funny feeling that the Kansas City Chiefs, part of their success has been the defense, a large yeah. part has been the defense and sort of steady play from Alex Smith and Tresendrick West and, and Jeremy Macklin's Jeremy Macklin. And, you know, the, the guy that, that carried them, Travis Kelsey, in the first half, I mean, carried them, but he was a big part of their success. or, or Pro a, bowler. Yeah, but he hasn't played great in the second half. It's really been other nah, guys. Nah. So if, if the defense doesn't create turnovers and Johnny Manziel doesn't give it to them, I have a feeling, sneaky suspicion, that the Browns might be able to pull this upset. So that's my upset this week.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I don't really think there might be any. That You know, I could see Cowboys maybe upsetting the Bills just because the Bills seem like they've checked out to me. And that would be a huge one, but it's no playoff implications. So I'll say this. for, for You're talking about Kelsey. A couple of those Pro Bowl snubs. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Delaney Walker's been the best tight end in the NFL consistently almost all season outside of Gronk. That guy's been a beast. He's had a rookie quarterback, and then he's had a sophomore quarterback when Mariota's been hurt. Delaney Walker every week steps up, even Jordan Reed. So those two guys, to me, could have been put in there over Kelsey in the Pro Bowl. And it took four tight ends, but Reed and and, and, um, Delaney have been just lights out. So – that that that's just what I have to say about that. You know what I'm saying?
2: I hear you. That's what I had, well, to, let's, say, let's right. I had to say. Well, let's switch let's gears. Let's switch gears, man.
0: You ready to hoop it up?
2: Christmas, of course. It became a tradition about 20 years ago, and now they have five games. So let's jump into it.
0: Hold on. Let's 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 get it. Closer, now time for NBA Now, the problem that I have is that only really two of these games to me are sort of tune in and must see, and that's the OKC Chicago and the Warriors and Cavs. But we start off in Miami with the Pelicans. How many Pelicans are out there peddling at nine and nineteen? I feel like every game's a must win and you would want on Christmas for them to step up and upset the heat. Honestly, I just don't think they do it. I think Miami at home, they're you know 16 and 11. They've been you know up and down a little bit themselves. There's trade rumors about maybe they might try to you know get a you know little deal for a swingman or what they might do. But I think Miami wins, and I think the Pelicans drop to 20 wins and continue to kind of struggle in a season where 20 losses. Sorry, in a season where they might wind up being like the fourth or fifth pick in the lottery. It's it's just really sad. It's a rough start and not healthy enough. So I'm gonna go with Miami.
2: It really is sad because I thought that Tyreek Evans and Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Ryan Anderson, I mean it's a decent team when they brought Omar Ashik in, I thought they you know moved your boy to the Anthony Davis to the four and kept him there, but they just started off and dug themselves too big a hole, and I think they're going to be playing yeah. desperation ball. So to me, this team roster-wise is fine, and next year they'll be back. But this is a year for Miami to try to make a move in the East. Yeah, Miami's going to make moves in the East. I really want to see this kid Justice Winslow develop, but for Dwayne Wade, that a couple
0: of nice
2: t v I mean, you know, he's a lefty, so that, that excites me right there. But and Bosch, TV and Bosch.
0: You boy, Bosch. and Bosch,
2: yeah. Well, Bosch is Bosch, you know. We, we know what Bosch can do, but national TV. I think Dwayne Wade, you know, does whatever he needs to do to get ready for this game, and they take care of business. I think they win pretty easily at home.
0: Yeah, well, the second game. This is the ABC first game. You got Chicago at OKC. They played a couple of weeks ago in Chicago on TNT. Chicago got that win. You saw D. Rose kind of step up and look good. Um, listen, I mean, they're talking about, you know, potentially – I'm sorry, it wasn't Miami. It was the Bulls talking about trading Gibson or Noah to get a wing player. I I don't know if I honestly trust Hoiberg and even Jimmy Butler coming out and saying he needs to be a little bit harder on the team. You know, it's weird how they've sort of – kind of forgotten I guess they're changing their style and it seems like Noah and Gibson are not as important been coming off the bench I, I just think Durant and Westbrook are going to be too much I think Cantor might be able to score on these guys and I think at home OKC I think they're Superman and Batman which looks like it's going to be a great movie so a preview for that when I saw Star Wars which was off the hook I gotta say I think Superman and Batman which is KD and Russell they both wind up dropping 30 on Christmas, and OKC wins like a 10 point game over the Bulls.
2: I agree 100%. I think that Jimmy Butler is really the only one that can guard either of them, and he can only be on one of them at a time. And <laughs> Derek Rose is never going to be the player that we came to love uh, and the MVP love, from three, four um, years ago. You know, like you said, they're. they're the Bulls are a team in transition from a hard-nosed team to more of an offensive kind of spread it out team. They still don't quite. Who are the Bulls? We don't know. And, and I just think on national TV in OKC, no, nah, it's a blowout. I like OKC big.
0: Okay, now this is the game that everybody and their mama is wanting to see from coast to coast, from uh, equator to equator. I mean, this is this is like. Uh, This is it right here. The Cavaliers against the Golden State Warriors. The rematch of the championship. Cleveland just had a nice little win over the Knicks. The Knicks didn't have Melo, and they were, you know, trying to push him. But I think it's nice Kyrie's back his third game. But I like that they're getting Kevin Love offensively, you know, involved offensively. And he's, you know, scoring 20-something, you know, every other night. And being aggressive, Thompson's doing his thing. They still got the you know the role players stepping up. I think Jr. is finding his you know sort of role in terms of not being needed as much as he was in the finals, but just being a you know fifth, sixth, fourth option. I think LeBron wants this more than Golden State does. I think Golden State and Steph want to make a statement because they want to shut up everybody from. Everybody thinking that they won the finals because they were just, you know, Cavs weren't healthy. But I think LeBron all season long, he's got Kyrie back. Kyrie's going to try to step up as much as he can. I think he'll be more of a passing point guard, not the scoring. And I think Love and LeBron are going to do what they need to do, and I think the Cavs win a a classic Christmas Day 104-102 I don't know at the end what happens, but Cleveland pulls it out. Great game, and all the stars play like stars. But LeBron, he's like, Steph, I'm still the king.
2: So if this takes place in June, I'll go out on a limb and say that the Cavs win 4-1. Ooh,
1: but wow. I'm assuming, <laughs> assuming
2: everybody's healthy, right? None of this, stuff.
0: That's you know. a lot, yeah, 4-1. But,
2: I'm going to say that the Golden State Warriors just recently lost to the Milwaukee Bucks and just recently were down big to the Milwaukee Bucks, so they faced a tiny bit of adversity (laughs) this year. They've had Harrison Barnes get hurt. They've had uh, uh, Klay Thompson miss a few games. Now, is Harrison back?
0: Is he going to be back for this game? See, I don't know if Harrison's coming back yet.
2: I'm not sure, but what I do know, we'll, we'll check on that. What I do know is that Kyrie Irving's not really back. I mean he's back, right? But but
0: he's back be a right. He's, not.
2: he's gonna try to do too much. That's what I'm saying. If this was in a month or two or certainly in the finals, I don't think it's the big three yet. I think it's the big two and a uh, half. I think Kyrie Irving's not quite there. I like Golden State. They have something to look forward to. They circled it on their calendar. It's at home. I like the Golden State Warriors in a in a in a shootout like you say, uh, up over a hundred but I think there's just too much in the fourth quarter. They're just going to be raining some threes and boom, they take care of the Cavs.
0: So you're saying LeBron cannot be bad Santa. He can't, he he can't go in there and and mess up the the golden state Christmas. Okay. Well, this one I think could have been a great game. Maybe it still could be a a great game. The evening game on ESPN. It's the Spurs at the Rockets. And, On paper, you're like, wow, this is, you know, the Houston Rockets from last year, the playoffs, and the roster, and Howard, and Harden, and Lawson, and all the other guys, and the Spurs are just the second best team in basketball, LaMarcus, and, and they're on fire, David West, and Leonard, and Duncan, and Parker, and Ginobili, but I think the Spurs are going to embarrass them and make a statement at Houston and show the dysfunction of the Rockets and just Howard, he's going to get frustrated between LaMarcus and Duncan and West. They're going to frustrate him. This is going to get ugly. I think they wind up winning by like 15. I would say like, you know, maybe, yeah, 100 to 84, 100 to 86, somewhere around that range. And I just think, um, I think LaMarcus is, is going to sort of, him and Kawhi are going to stand up and sort of show everybody at the three and four, they might be the new dynamic duo. And sort of, you know, it's the two of them, and then the big three are like, uh, you know, the 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 Temptations in the background of the dancing. They they stepping up in the front. So I, I like Kawhi and and my boy to to Lamarcus to really put it on Houston. And Harden will get his because he's a nut, but he he just doesn't play D. And I think Leonard actually was gonna is gonna stick him pretty good. So Harden will have a bad shooting game. He might score twenty seven. But it's gonna be like on twenty eight shots.
2: No, I agree. I think the Rockets are in trouble. I think they're tearing apart at the seams. They might be better. This sounds terrible to say, but they might be better without Dwight Howard. They just need to figure out something. They need to shake up that roster. They started four and seven. JB Bickerstaff has gotten them back to five hundred or two five hundred at fifteen and fifteen. But this is not the team you want to figure it out against. The Spurs are just too good. On offense, they're great. They spread the ball around. They have multiple people, and the addition of LaMarcus Aldridge has been awesome. But more importantly, on defense, they've been fantastic. And and Houston's offense is too simple, and it relies too much on James Harden creating, and I think that Popovich can shut that down. So I agree. Spurs win big by 15.
0: It just came to my head, Howard Ariza And maybe their first-round pick for Noah and McDermott and their first-round pick, they swap picks. And um, maybe you switch Noah and Dougie McBuckets over there for Reza and Howard. It sort of changes and gives both teams what they kind of need. Because, you know, Howard, he thinks he wants to play offense. Noah will just play defense, and he'll be fine. So that would work good for Houston. And he doesn't have to, you know, clog up the lane. He can move around a little bit better. And Howard can go to Chicago. I don't know. I mean, it's just a thought. I don't know if they really want to bring back a big or not. I know they want a wingman, and the could do that for them to shoot and spread the floor and play defense. So, yeah. So the last game... And it's sad not having Knicks on Christmas Day, but honestly, we shouldn't have the Lakers either. I mean, come on, this is just yeah. this is why I only say there's only really two good games that I want to watch. I don't like the Clippers at the Lakers. It's good for LA, and you know maybe we see you know Kobe had 31 the other night. Give Kobe credit; he's actually been playing pretty decent, you know, last five or six games. But uh, I think the Clippers just put it on him. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have much hope for. Swaggy P and Russell. I mean, we both say the
2: same thing, but what would it take for the Lakers to actually win this game?
0: I think it takes Julius Randle, who they've been playing as sixth man I think it takes him and, and Hibbert playing some defense. The Laker team itself doesn't play defense. Um, they have to really get Russell to play out of his mind, him and Clarkson, to sort of push CP3. But they have to find a, a way to slow down Blake. And uh, I think Pierce, this will be a game where Pierce, you know, play, seeing Kobe, Pierce might show out a little and give you some of those clutch veteran three-pointers. I just think the Clippers win by, like, 11 at least on the road. And and it's their time to sort of put the stamp on the fact that they own L.A. You know what I mean? Right. I, I think yeah, it, 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 it could get kind of yeah, nasty. All right.
2: Hello, You're on the air with Ray and T.
1: Indeed. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey,
2: what's, what's going up, on? man?
1: Who's this? Who's this? Where are you calling this is, from? This is Naj in Atlanta. Oh,
2: hey, Nas, oh, how you Oh, okay.
1: Doing? Hey. hey, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm sitting here listening to y'all, man. Uh, cool. That's what's up? What's on your TV. mind? You want to talk basketball? You want to talk football?
2: Hey, what College do you guys football.
1: Uh, that's an interesting trade you threw out there, though, man. Uh, You know, Dwight's not happy. They're really not using him or or rewarding him, really, which is the real problem to me. All you got to do is reward the big guy a couple times, running up and down the the court, and (laughs) he'll be satisfied. Of course, he's not a guy you just throw it into, he's going to be 20 and 10. He was barely ever that guy in his prime, and he's sure not that guy now, but... I think they need to resolve that. I, I would resolve it before I got rid of Dwight, because Dwight gives them a dynamic to where when they're hitting those threes like they did in the playoffs last year, and Dwight's boarding and blocking. You know, they they can be a, a you know a factor, but Noah's so beat down, man. I I don't know if boy even changing anything for you. Yeah, he's a good passer, but the limitations on offense and everything. I I don't know what what he actually brings.
2: And as far as McDermott, I don't think he can have a nickname anymore at this point. He, 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 he <laughs> you keep saying his college <laughs> days are too far behind him; he can't be called McBuckets anymore. <laughs> well, listen,
1: listen.
0: I was I was gonna say Miratech, but I know that the Bulls and Hoiberg uh, are in love with MuirTech. No, and they won't give him up. And then I was gonna say, you know, maybe they just they throw in the number one, and Houston doesn't throw in the number one since they're you know getting rid of Ariza and Howard, but. I agree with you. Listen, there's no reason that the Houston, first of all, they should have never got rid of McHale, and the Houston Rockets should be amazing. I think Howard sort of like what he had with Stan Van Gundy in Orlando, had a bunch of shooters around him. It could be perfect, but one, I didn't like the Ty Lawson move because guess what? He can't shoot. Beverly can't shoot. Ty Lawson can boogie and penetrate. I love him. We're Tar Heel fans, but he doesn't play D, so I didn't like that. And then Monta Yunus and Terrence Jones and Ariza, you know, they need to hit shots but they still need more pure shooters and Harden I'm kind of down on Harden this year as much as I loved him last year and would have gave him MVP this year I feel like he's being too selfish and he's not even trying to play any defense you know what I mean
2: well, if you sign a $200 million contract, maybe you'll put that pressure on yourself, too. <laughs> that Adidas money. You probably think...
1: That <laughs> Adidas so money, yeah. Uh...
2: This is crazy, though. It's a 57-win team that was second in the Western Conference by record and and, and lost in the Western Conference final. So, to me, they're really disappointing. And I, I think you have to change something in Houston because... There's no reason this team shouldn't be better than they were last year because they got Beverly and Monte Yunus back, and, and, and they had the draft picks. So, anyway, they're disappointed. But let me ask you something. Calling from Atlanta, what, what, what's going on down there with your Atlanta Hawks? I mean, quietly speaking, they won 60 games last year. They're 19-12 and 12 in the Eastern Conference and sitting pretty in second place behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. Are they for real? And can they make a splash in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference?
1: Well, they're as for real as they were last year. Meaning, you know, uh, the ceiling is the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they're not a real championship team, but you know, That's they're a solid team. Well, they're, they're a solid team, well coached, and I think they play to the limits of their talent. Uh, still need a star player to really have a shot at, 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 you know, getting to the finals and then really doing something. But I like them, man. They're fun to watch. You know, they play hard. Uh, to maximize yeah. the talent, you just need a little bit more. But uh, you know, it's kind of hard to get those players. You know. Well, yeah, I, I no. don't know how old you are, but it, it's it
2: looks to me like a little bit like a Milwaukee Bucks situation in the '80s, where now you didn't have the yeah. star power that the Bucks had, right? But it's one of those things where you'll be really good for the next few years. But not good enough that you'll make a finals, and not bad enough that you can get anything in the draft. And I thought that losing Carroll would cost more than it did. So I'm actually impressed with the Hawks. But I, I, I hear you that you're kind of in that we will be a good team for a while. But when Jeff Teague is your best player, you know, and Paul Paul Millsap probably Paul Millsap's your best player. Jeff Teague's your second best player. You're good, but you're not good
1: enough. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, so but I think Carol. He... Oh,
0: go, ahead. go ahead,
1: go ahead. I was just going to say, and Coach Bud, like as great of a coach as he is, I don't think he needs to move over and take on extra duties, man. It usually doesn't go well when coaches try and do that, so him trading that pick out and getting the hard way back who can't make a cracked rotation and been sent down to the D-league is kind of showing that maybe Coach Bud shouldn't be in there in the front office you know, just
0: keep coaching. Oh, I totally agree with you. That was that was not a good move. But I'll say this Damari Carroll, he's really helping that Raptor team. And one thing about Carroll that we saw in the playoffs with his confidence, not only does he play the great defense, but he's starting to be a consistent, solid, you know, give you fifteen to eighteen points uh offensively and I think that they're going to miss some of his nastiness come the playoffs. I don't think the Hawks can make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it'd probably come down to either, you know, Bulls-Cavs or Raptors-Cavs because Toronto, to me, with Corey Joseph and Carroll, they got a little nastier. You know what I mean? They got a little, and Luis Sciola, they've got some veterans there that can really help them. They need to get uh, Valanciunas back healthy. But Toronto, to me, is a team in the East that is the only team that could even, you know, they're not going to beat the Cavs, but they might get to, you know, but I think they can beat yeah. Atlanta in a series, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think they can. They're bad defensively, but offensively, they're so good. They cost you so many problems. And as far as Carroll, man, you got to remember, this dude came in as a, he was a garbage man in Missouri. He used to play the front of the press. This dude, through hard work and dedication, made himself – you know, what you want in a three-man guy who's not a star. And, you know, that asking price was a little high, so I'm sure the Hawks looked at it as if we sign tomorrow, this is who we are for good. If not, then we still have some flexibility. Maybe we can make a move. So I can understand the thinking and not re-sign them for that that kind of dollar. But, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it helps Toronto a lot. So I, I Yeah, it helps Toronto a lot. But I, I think a healthy Miami is the scariest thing uh, for Cleveland in the East.
0: So I remember when you called before, and I'd have to ask you, are you sort of happy that Georgia moved on from Mark Rick? Do you like, you know, them uh, hiring Kirby? And out of the final four, who would be your standing champion in college football?
1: Uh, Yeah, I was glad Mark Rick – it was time for him to go, man. It's nothing personal. Uh, Maybe he'll have a a revival of his career in Miami. It was time for him to go. Not him to go. I'm not real happy about the Kirby hire. I feel like whenever – uh, schools start looking at alums and saying, We have to pick out of this alums, or he's the hot guy, and he's also an alum. I think you kind of push that off the table and just hire a guy. Because when you add that mm-hmm. extra baggage, I think that's when you make mistakes. And when you bring a defensive guy in, man, if the team doesn't score much, you can look really bad in those first couple years, aka like, you know, like uh, Must Champ and some of those guys. But uh, I'm, yeah. I'm rolling with Clemson, man, uh, as far as who's going to win. Okay. I think really? this is okay. the year Clemson does not Clemson. So I'm going with them. Clemson is not now, Clemson. Are you, All right. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, but, are, but the Clemson, this is the question, because I think in a lot of ways they've been disrespected as an undefeated team, and uh, Deshaun Watson is actually underrated. Um, the kid is just, just phenomenal, and his game is not just pure talent. It's It's also cerebral. It's mental. But don't you – I don't know. Bama, look, Ray doesn't trust the quarterback, and neither do I, but I just think the offensive, defensive line and Henry is too much. But then it's Oklahoma to me. I think when you watch all the games throughout the season, they have sort of the best combination of offense and defense. And I love Mayfield. Uh, Shepard is a beast at receiver. And then uh, Perrine, the running back, I I, I think Oklahoma has a good shot to sort of – uh, even though they're favorites, so I can't say upset Clemson, but in a way, upset Clemson. Well, you know Vegas Are you worried puts, about Oklahoma?
2: Vegas puts. Oklahoma oh no, I know they put as Vegas the as them. Yeah, but for the whole thing, no. like to win this game and then to beat the uh, presumably Alabama. Mhm. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I don't trust Stoops, and I'm not scared of Stoops, so I'm gonna go with Old I think he's got a certain way of of having a gambling, loose nature about him that'll have the team really ready. As far as Alabama, yeah, they're still scary as hell. They might just beat up everybody and win based on so-called old man strength. And uh, yep. just so y'all know, I have, I have filed agreements a with the local chapter in Alabama of uh, Family Protective Services. Uh, no child should be getting 46 carries a game, and uh, I will be bringing charges. No, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, no. To, but like, you know what? The Heisman. <laughs> 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 I tell you, off. it's. it's what, going you have a two-year career after this. Well, you know. exactly. What, uh, and if
2: you think about it, if you think about it, when was the last time Nick Saban had a real star in the NFL? Right? Mark Ingram wins the Heisman, and he's had an okay career. But Trent Richardson hasn't done anything. He's out of the league. T.J. Yeldon, too soon to sell. Eddie Lacy had a good, you know, year and a half and then hit the wall, and now who knows if he'll get it together for the playoffs. So, Alabama running backs haven't had the best track record under, or any or running backs under Nick Saban in general haven't had a great track record.
1: So, don't, yeah. don't beat this
2: kid up, you know, before he even yeah, gets I, a chance. Yeah, I think chance.
1: it's a beating. Yeah, I, I think it's a beating before they get to the NFL. And, you know, that's not a knock on Saban. His job is to win games there. So, I mean, I get it, but. It, it does yeah, no. hurt those guys in the
2: long run. And what were they saying in, in SEC country with, with this kid, Leonard Fournette? I mean, for the first half of the year, he looked like gangbusters. He was he was the next Adrian Peterson, and I still think he'll be fantastic. But he kind of hit the wall. The team lost a few games. But uh, what's your what's your view on him?
1: Yeah, Fennett's really good,
0: too. Uh, I like him in the NFL. I don't like him as much as the Florida State running back, uh, Cook. Yeah, Davin uh, Cook I is think, the best
1: of yeah. all of them in the NFL, yep. I, I agree so, with too. that. But Fennett, I'm
0: going to be good, man. Oh, no, he definitely is. Listen, great call. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, we'll be back Monday to review, uh, you know, these NFL games. Yeah, Should we got be a fourth and uh,
2: joining us. Talking about some rivalries, the top rivalries in college football. Yeah,
0: college football, yeah. So college football,
1: really yeah. All right, cool, man. Uh, definitely. I can, I can definitely call through, man. Great. Happy All right, holidays, take care, so man. Close.
0: Happy holidays. Uh, yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Same to you, man. Peace. Well, listen, he, he, he led us perfectly there. The show is coming to an end. I'll say this. I think Washington State upsets Miami with that flux that they have in Washington State. You know, your boy uh, is up there changing the program around. They had 8 wins in the Pac-12. And I'll take Indiana over Duke. Those are the two two kind of outstanding games this weekend. You know, Monday we'll be back to talk about the other games. What do you, what do you, what do you got in those games, Ray?
2: Uh, well, I agree, but you know what? I just for the sake of it, I, I'll just take Duke. I think Indiana's come close several times this year and they've run the ball and they've, they've played well, but I, I don't know. I just think Duke's got that Explosiveness that, f- that you need probably in the fourth quarter, and so uh, you know th- this this will get us ready though because next next week you know on the yeah, thirty first yeah the real game uh, the real games a, g- a good collection six seven really really good games.
1: So I'm a lot, excited. A lot so look
2: forward to between basketball, yes. football, college
0: definitely definitely well a uh, great show great caller you know and thanks for getting getting some of these emails in and uh enjoy the holiday and you know enjoy some great movies check out concussion and daddy's home and star wars there's a lot of lot of good stuff out there to see uh, the good dinosaur take your little kids to and um be safe out there and uh make sure you make cookies for Santa Claus. Those who are, are definitely doing it. I know my my boys they they're gonna be making the cookies tonight, so you know, we gotta hook Santa up, so <laughs> Enjoy and uh have a great sports we and enjoy the game tonight. Raiders
1: chargers, let's do it. Let's do it. Charles Witness, peace.